Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens. Brought to you by Compassion International, a worldwide ministry bringing hope and Jesus to children in need. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Compassion logo to sponsor a child. And now, here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. Very happy to be back with you folks for another week of the National Crawford Roundtable with Roger and Neil and John and myself. Gentlemen, how are you this week? Doing good, Bob. Bob, how are you? Oh, very good. Looking forward to another week, another great discussion here. And, you know, this week... We're going to talk about the humanitarian crisis going on on the border or, of course, that the Biden administration refuses to call a crisis. You know, it's a challenge, but it's not a crisis. Oh, yes, it is, in fact, a crisis. Let's go through some of the the issues that people are dealing with right now on the crisis, and then we're going to dive into this because there's a lot of different aspects of this to discuss. But here's where we stand at this point. 30,000 Accompanied unaccompanied minors, 30,000 unaccompanied minors crossed the border in February alone. Last month, 30,000 in one month. Just to give you an idea, to put it in perspective, that's about the same amount of unaccompanied minors that crossed the border in the entire year of 2020. Okay. Uh, you've got February of last year seeing over 100,000 illegal aliens apprehended. Just in one month, February alone, that doesn't even count those who weren't apprehended and caught. You have, on top of that, the uh, this discern story about U.S. Customs and Border Protection saying how overwhelmed they are at this point. One of their complexes, one of their facilities, the Donna Complex, is designed to hold 250 detainees. It's currently holding 1,800. That's a 729% increase over its intended capacity. Uh, They're even saying that you have children that can't sleep on the floor. They have to take turns sleeping while the others have to stand. That's how uh, crazy it is, overcrowded, going over a week with no showers, not enough food, that type of thing. This is a serious crisis, and you've got these, these families that are uh, basically giving their life savings to coyotes, these sick human smugglers, to make the dangerous trek up to the United States from Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador, because they've been sold this bill of goods by Joe Biden and the Biden administration that, hey, we're elected now, so come on up, make the trip. And then they get there and they find out, wait a minute, turns out we weren't able to get in anyway. Uh, And now, here they are. They're stranded. They're homeless. They're in a different part of the country they're not used to. They're up in northern Mexico. Where do they go? What do they do? They've got no money, not to mention the fact how many of those women were raped along the trip. What risks were there for those children to be sold to human traffickers as well as as a uh, product of this? And then on top of all of that, You have the New York Times reporting that there are a lot of migrants that are upset saying Biden promised us, and now what do they do? One of them, the New York Times quoted Gladys Onita Perez Cruz, said, quote, Biden promised us that everything was going to change, and there she is now stranded on the southern side of the border with her son. She says she paid $9,000 to a coyote for the trip. Uh, This is, in fact— a very serious humanitarian crisis. These people, are they, they're homeless. They don't have any place to stay. They're stuck in Mexico now, the ones that didn't make it across. 
And it's all because the Biden administration and the Democrats created this verbal magnet enticing them to make the trip and now finding out that it's not everything that they thought that it was. So I do see this as serious. I do see this as something that the Biden administration needs to own and acknowledge that they have created this crisis. But of course, guys, Nancy Pelosi says this is the fault of Trump and global warming. So with that said, let's throw it around the table. I'd love to get you guys' takes on all of this. And John, let's start with you. John Rush, of course, Rush to Reason from Denver, Colorado. By the way, how's the snow there in Denver, John? Uh, we had a lot of snow. I, uh, I was in a plow truck for two days straight, and wow. yesterday started at 3.30 in the morning and finished up about 8 o'clock last night. And uh, yeah, it, it, we, you know, most of the city yesterday was shut down. So, But you know what? We, today, you know, time, time we got through last night, sun was shining, and uh, you know, most everything's starting to melt away. It's going to be a while before all this melts, as, as some places got even uh, close to 30 inches of snow, which is a lot. Wow. Uh- What's your immediate? I mean, there's a lot of things about the the humanitarian crisis on the border that we're going to get into. Of course, we'll get into a lot of the the specific details and policy details and stuff. Sure. But 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 first, what's your what's your immediate observations when you look at all of this? Well, well, first of all, it was created by Joe Biden. Nancy Pelosi and others can say anything they want and and, and you know and try to counter that. But the reality is, this wasn't going on prior to uh, the election. It's now going on after. The election has taken place, and you because know, it started immediately after the election. By the way, this didn't just happen yesterday. This has been going on now for you know three, four months. So it's been going on for a while. And and by the way, guys, this is a really you know, you know subject near and dear to me, given the business that I own and and how you know most of my uh, counterparts in my industry uh, you know welcome all of this. To be honest with you, and I think that's part of the problem. I'd love to talk about as we go through today because I I am one that believes that if we would do something to uh, penalize and not support businesses that hire illegal aliens, we'd have a whole different scenario going on anyways, because if these folks realized there was nothing to come to uh, as far as even jobs go, not only would all of this rhetoric that's going on not really matter, to be honest with you, because they wouldn't be showing up at the border, but when you've got a president really promising them things, which by the way, he's not able to promise. In fact, even the bill that I think they want to try to run right now, they're finally realizing, wait a minute, we don't have enough Republican support to make this thing happen in the first place. We're not going to get 11 million unauthorized, you know, illegal immigrants, if you would, uh, legalized into the country right now. There's not enough Republican support. So this thing is really, if, if you ask me, this thing is backfiring big time on the Democrats. Uh, it sure is. And Roger, your take on this, Roger Marsh, of course, the bottom line from the People's Republic of California. I, I just, you know, Roger, I find it laughably absurd that we can see that Joe Biden ended the remain in Mexico policy. We can see that he promised to let illegals stay in this country. We can see that he halted deportation temporarily. We can see that he reinstated catch and release. We can see that he signed an executive order to stop building the wall. And we listen to his rhetoric repeatedly saying that Donald Trump is xenophobic and we welcome the foreigner and we welcome the migrant. And with rhetoric like that and policies like this, just for the life of me, that Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and the Democrats can try to claim this is really Trump's fault and or global warming, not Joe Biden's. It really is like a Saturday Night Live skit. 
it is. And what's crazy about this too is the global warming thing. That's just a. It's like an SEO. I mean, it's, a, it's they're, they're, <laughs> what's trending, what's hashtagging right here. Right. Remember when he is issuing executive orders about national security? He refocused all of it around what climate change. That's the biggest problem in the country right now. You know, in all honesty, the idea that uh, Pelosi was on the on the talkers uh, on Sunday saying, you know, well, we inherited this broken system. Well, guess what? Joe Biden inherited a broken system from Donald Trump, who inherited a broken system from Barack Obama, who inherited a broken system from George W. Bush. Nobody wants to fix this thing. I mean, the crisis is somewhat self-defined. And in this case, I, I think it's very clearly self-created. Now, to be fair, these are real people who are coming here. I mean, so we, we know that there are real people, there are real needs. And trust me, in the People's Republic of California, we live that dream every day in the San Diego-Mexico huh. border. I mean, that's a big right. reality check for, for us. And the fact that there is a really great border wall there and really good border crossing protections there now uh, that have been in place for quite some time. Actually, the border wall right at Mexico and San Diego, is, it's, it's very nicely built. It's, very, it's a wonderful structure. It's not that kind of barbed chicken wire that you see on other parts of the country, or at least you know what the media says. But the reality is the Biden administration has to own this. There are real people here coming in. There, the kids, the statistics, that 700% plus increase. We've seen what the facilities look like. We've seen what the kids especially are dealing with, the younger, anyone under the age of 18. And the fact that they basically put out the welcome mat after election day saying, you know, bring me your tired, your poor, and anybody who wants money and we'll get you in. And then all of a sudden they get here and it's, wow, we've got a crisis. I mean, at some point you have to say, I was doing a reno project. I knocked through half the walls, then the rains came and say, how come my house got wet inside? I mean, it just doesn't make, doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it sure doesn't. And uh, let's do this because we're going we're gonna to take a, a short break here. And then Neil Boron, want to get your take on this. Neil Boron live, of course, out of Buffalo, New York. And we're going to hear from Neil in just a minute. But before we do, you know, as we talk about this humanitarian crisis, there's a lot of children suffering as a result of this crisis that's been created. But I just want to ask everybody in the audience to, to think about another kind of suffering that children are going through right now all around the world, and that's starvation. You do realize children live in an abject poverty in villages all around the world where they're literally starving to death, everybody, going multiple days without eating anything, no food, no clean drinking water. They need medical care. I mean, think about a child when they're not just hungry, but when they're in pain, they need some kind of medical care, they have a disease, there's no clinic on the corner to take them to. You know what these children do? They cry. Uh, they suffer. This is where Compassion International comes in. This is a tremendous Christian ministry that's been around for almost 70 years, and they're set up right in those villages where these children are. Compassion has over 7,000 of these child development centers all around the world. And inside the centers, you've got a couple of hundred sponsored children that are laughing and playing and eating all the hot food they want every day, getting medical care, clean drinking water. They're also in classrooms being educated, taught how to use computers. But on top of all of that, they're prayed with and they're prayed for and they're taught about Jesus Christ. But somebody is paying $38 a month for each one of these kids. What I'm asking you folks in the audience to do right now is to sponsor one of them for $38 a month. We have many of these children that are on a waiting list. Their pictures have been taken. They've been told we're going to find your sponsor, and they just don't have one yet. So here's what you do. Go right now online to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. That's CrawfordMediaGroup.net, and click on the Compassion link. You'll see some children there, and you can sponsor one right there, okay? 
CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Do that right now if you would. Continue with this National Crawford Roundtable podcast with myself, Bob Duco, with John Rush, Roger Marsh, and Neil Boron of Neil Q. Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York. <laughs> uh, Neil, what's your immediate – before we start getting into more of the details of the policies and the, the humanitarian crisis on the border and such, what's, what's your immediate takeaway and observations on this first? Well, I think it's a big deal. I mean, the bottom line is we're surrendering our national sovereignty. Uh, whether we like it or not, that's exactly what's happening. Um, and I don't have a lot to add, you know, based on what you guys were saying. But what's interesting is that if 30, did you say 30,000 people in February crossed the yes. border? Yes, yes. Okay. That's well, no, 30,000 unaccompanied minors crossed oh, the border. Okay. Over 100,000, yeah, over 100,000 illegal aliens were apprehended in February alone. That doesn't count the ones that we didn't get. Well, okay. However you want to slice the math, you're in the neighborhood of six to ten times the level of what was going on in the Obama administration, and they considered it at that time to be a crisis. So why it's not a crisis now is hard to believe. Um, I know that we're going to look at a lot of the policies and stuff. Let me comment briefly on the Nancy Pelosi thing. I, first of all, I think it's absurd to try to pin it on Donald Trump, but that's what politicians do. You know, every every new administration pins all their problems, and even some of the ones they created on the previous administration. So, nothing new under the sun there. But, you know, on the issue of, um, she refers to climate change and talked about drought in you know Guatemala and El Salvador and other things. Well, maybe some of that's going on because, I mean, obviously, people have come to the United States seeking refuge from religious persecution over the years and. Uh, famine and sometimes corrupt government or whatever, some kind of oppression that they're experiencing in other parts of the world. But that's why we have a legal immigration system and a process for dealing with this. But the idea of saying, hey, look, the doors are open, just come on in, make yourself at home. It doesn't really matter. You know, all the rules out the window. And by the way, we're going to actually, you know, handcuff our law enforcement officials and government officials. We're going to handcuff them from actually enforcing the laws that are on the books. Then anything just Anything goes, and um, I, I don't. I guess I don't fault Nancy Pelosi for bringing it up only in the sense that she's um, she's finding an opportunity to throw climate change back into the mix, as though that really actually has something to do with this. It doesn't. It has to do with people in general who are seeking a better way of life or uh, buying a bill of goods that somehow there's a better life that awaits them, and actually some of the coyotes and others are going to bring them across or have you know have ill intention about how they're going to utilize them or their children in the future. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, let's think about let's think about what these these families are going through, and just how sick these coyotes are. First of all, uh, try to picture you got a family in, we'll say Honduras, all right? And I think we all agree they could have a better life, most likely, if they were in the United States. Okay, so you know what they ought to do? What other people around the world do? And that's get in line, start the process. Hey, how do we legally go through the process of Immigrating to, emigrating to the United States. Okay, nothing wrong with that at all. But what happens is when, when Joe Biden, and, and not just him, okay, Kamala Harris, the Democrats, but also the mainstream media, when they send out the message on a regular basis, which is if you live in another country and you want to come to the United States, we got to get rid of Donald Trump because if we can get Joe Biden in there, you got a green light to come into the United States and you're going to enjoy all the rights and privileges of U.S. citizens if you can just get here. Okay, this creates an incentive, and in some cases a dishonest incentive. But here's these coyotes 
that they're the ones high-fiving each other. The drug cartels, the coyotes, yeah. the human traffickers, they're yeah. all loving this. They, they, if you could take a, a, a survey of them for who they'd rather be president, Trump or Biden, it would be 100% to 0%. So they're cleaning up. They're making a bunch of money right now. And they go to these families and they say, uh, here's how, you know, how we'll take you to the United States. Oh, really? Well, what do you charge? Well, how much do you have? That's how much we charge. And so these families are basically, they're selling their home or their possessions or whatever they have, so they have nothing. They give this money to the coyote. The New York Times report on this one lady they talked to said, we gave our coyote $9,000. You know how much $9,000 is to a poor mother and son in Honduras? But it was everything she had. And so they take their money along the trip. It is extremely common when these when these people are packed like sardines into these trucks. It's extremely common for the women to get raped multiple times by the coyotes on the way up here. The children, sometimes they get raped also. Sometimes the children are certainly abused. They're starving. And on top of it all, sometimes those children are actually sold to human traffickers if they run into the coyotes. This is a horribly dangerous trip to make to get up here into the United States. But these coyotes are the ones that are benefiting from this. Who loses? These families lose, not to mention the fact how many people are getting over the border and bringing more COVID in at the same time. So it just – it seems to me that the liberal left guys, if they really truly cared about humanitarian crisis, people suffering, the children, the immigrants and everything else – then they should be outraged by the Biden administration and Roger Marsh, unless I'm missing something, they're just not. Absolutely uh, spot on with the analysis there, Bob. I was thinking about a former neighbor of mine who immigrated legally from Mexico and brought his brother and then eventually brought his family. He owns three homes now. Uh, he's the uh, manager of a, a division of a, a, a supermarket chain here in Southern California. He's the produce manager. He's had a great life. And every one of his friends who wanted to come in, he said, you have to get in line. You have to go the right way. And by the way, if you live in my house, because you'd let him rent space from him, you have to learn English. I mean, it's a great country. This is the right way to do it. And the, and the idea that any political party right now would sit there and say, well, it's the other guy's fault. I mean, it's really disingenuous. I mean, you get right down to it. There have been so many opportunities to correct the problem. There, there is such a great flow of legal immigrants coming in from all all over the world, but especially the part of the country, the world that we're talking about right now, that there are ways to, to make this done. And the fact that there are incentives for cartels, incentive for uh, traffickers, for coyotes to really rip people off. I mean, people are going to treat each other cruelly. And there's the more we can do to stop that kind of thing, the better. But it seems like every time you do try to tighten the borders of this, that and the other thing, the bleeding hearts show up and say, no, 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 we should have open borders because the, the country's wonderful. Everyone should just come in, not realizing there's so much corruption going on at the border right now. And, and quite frankly, unfortunately for the Biden administration, the Pelosi's in, in, uh, of this world, they're holding the ball right now. So basically they're on the clock. I mean, it's, 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 I think the President Trump did a wonderful job of trying to tighten up some of the things. The Obama administration didn't have a bad policy until they made it worse. I think around 2014, they, they right. relaxed some of the requirements and really made a big push to try to get you know refugees coming in. The Trump administration just went, reverted back to the Obama administration and it tightened things up. So why Joe Biden gave that free-for-all dog whistle message saying there's lots of money, there's lots of everything, bring me your kids, and of course, remember the caravans were starting leading up to Inauguration Day, for crying out loud. So, I mean, the idea that this is somehow all of a sudden a crisis, 
I'm I'm having a hard time buying that one. Of course, I guess I, there might be a bridge for sale somewhere too, and that maybe they want me to buy that as well. <laughs> uh, you know, w- when we do think of the uh, the humanitarian crisis here, and uh, Neil, I, w- I want to ask you ask you to put your pastoral hat on uh, for just a moment as well. Uh, this is something that as believers in Christ, this should be breaking our hearts. These are human beings that are made in the image and likeness of God. That doesn't mean that we're not a nation of laws. We are, and, and, and they, need to, they need to come here legally. And, of course, we welcome people in this country legally. We can't just open the floodgates and let people just pour in here illegally. Of course not. But when you create an incentive, as Biden, the Democrats, and the media have done, to lure people into danger and into harm, it seems to me that they need to be held accountable for this. Yeah, and there's a lot of ways to look at that because obviously we definitely need to hold our elected officials' feet to the fire on something like this because they're playing a major role. And if they've taken the laws that we have in our books related to legal immigration and tossed them out the window, then you have to be looking at, you know, uh, the reality that these people are shirking their responsibilities to uphold our Constitution and to enforce the laws of the United States. Like, whatever happened to that? Uh, on the other hand, you're dealing with real people whose lives are tragically being affected, and I think as, as believers, we need to be praying about this. I don't want to go all Christian cliche on you, but I mean, prayer is a powerful thing. We need to be praying for the protection mm-hmm. of these children, these women, the, the others whose lives are in danger and, and being harmed by these kind of policies. Uh, And then there's going to be times, I'm sure, especially if you have a church in Texas or other areas where these sanctuaries, where they're taking a lot of these people eventually, where they're going to end up, um, you know, churches are going to be needed desperately to help minister to these people, um, provide hope and and encouragement. But, you know, what's bizarre about this whole thing, I'm listening to you guys talk and I'm realizing there's a caller, a regular caller to my program, gentleman lives in the Toronto area. And he's a wonderful brother in Christ today, but he has a history of, he, he was a male prostitute in the past, he was involved in drug, drug trafficking, he's got all kinds of charges and offenses. He's, he's prohibited from even visiting Buffalo, New York. He can't cross the border into New York State um, legally mm. because he, he has criminal offenses on his record. Um, he can't come for one day, let alone to stay forever. Like, he's not allowed here. And, and I'm kind of wondering, and I say this totally sarcastically, but if he was to fly to Mexico, couldn't he just walk across? I mean, like, yeah. what what is happening at the southern border that's not apparently happening at the northern border? It's unbelievable, the double point. standard. I know. It really is. You know, we're going to take a short break here, and we'll continue this conversation next year on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. I, I do want to remind everybody that we still have a bunch of these children that need sponsors through Compassion International. And so, yes, I'm asking you right now, everybody, if you've been thinking about this or praying about this, maybe right now is the time. Will you just go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net? That's CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And click on the link there for Compassion International. And you know what you'll see come up on the screen? A bunch of pictures of unsponsored children. Many of these children have been waiting a long time for somebody to finally sponsor them. And remember, when you sponsor a child through Compassion You don't have to do the heavy lifting, okay? Compassion does all the heavy lifting for you. They will feed your child and clothe them and educate them and pray with them and teach them about Jesus Christ. They'll give them toys to play with. They take care of all that. The only heavy lifting you have to do is your ink pen once a month to write a check or your uh, you, you can pay this through automatic deduction through credit card. That's how I do it for the uh, children that my wife and I have sponsored for a lot of years. 
You can pay different ways, but the main thing is that $38 a month is going to change a child's life. And that child is hungry and waiting for a sponsor right now. Would you prayerfully consider this at this moment? Just go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on Compassion. Look at those kids' faces. Sponsor one of them. You'll be done in a couple of minutes. It's really a great feeling and a great ministry, folks. So CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on Compassion. Continuing this National Crawford Roundtable, talking about the humanitarian crisis going on at the border. And so... Uh, let's get into, because I know in the second half, uh, coming up in a little bit, we're going to get into some of the specific details uh, that need to need to be examined here as far as policy goes. But, John, let me ask you, John Rush, of course, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado, to the point that we're making here about the humanitarian part of this. As Christians, the way we look at the suffering, this is very real suffering, and I would argue that it is it is immoral it is obscene Agreed. to yes. lure people and entice them into danger. And these women get raped by these coyotes. Their, their, their children get sold to human traffickers uh, when they are financially destroyed on top of it all and then now suddenly stuck thousands of miles away from their original home. What are they supposed to do with their life now? And they were enticed to come here by the Biden administration and by the mainstream media. Yeah, enticed by empty promises, really, I guess what we ought to say, Bob. Yeah. It's, it's empty promises. They're promises that cannot be fulfilled. Uh, to your point, yes, it, it's tragic. And and I think all of us, as, as whether you're Christians or not, just as human beings, guys, right. no matter what your faith is, those of you that are listening to us, it doesn't matter what your faith is. Uh, I mean, all of us, whether you're a Christian or not, can look back at the Holocaust and say, what a, you know, what a travesty upon mankind that happened then. It doesn't matter whether you're Christian or not. You can say the Holocaust was something that never should have happened. Well, guess what? This is ex- I'm, not, I'm not saying this is the Holocaust, but this is similar in the fact that it doesn't matter what your faith is. You can look at this and still realize the negative effect it's having upon other fellow human beings. That alone in and of itself it is morally wrong, guys. Yeah, you cannot promise something you cannot deliver, have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people coming to our southern border, which you guys just pointed a moment ago, it's interesting they don't come to the northern border, it's only our southern border they come to. And, and by the way, guys, if I were these individuals, and I've always said this, if I were living in these countries, and I were those individuals, would I not myself want to come to the land of the free, the home of the brave, you know, where, where the economy roars and, and, and you have freedom to do whatever you want to do in life, would you not want this life in the United States of America? I thank the good Lord daily that I was born in the great United States of America because I would be one of those other individuals trying to get in here if I were them. So I don't blame them for wanting to come. I never blame the immigrant. I blame the policies that we have and the fact that we don't handle things correctly as a country, thereby enticing people to come here that frankly should not be at the border in the first place without going through all the proper channels. You know, what's interesting is that Barack Obama, believe it or not, when he was in office, he did some policies to try to discourage people from coming here, from making this trek to the United States. And, and he incorporated policies that if the Trump administration did this, oh, I don't know how many people are familiar with Obama's ATEP program, A-T-E-P, Alien Transfer Exit Program. But this program infuriated Hispanic and immigration groups, but the media, for the most part, gave it a pass. The Los Angeles Times did a report on it. The Boston uh, Her- or Boston Globe did a report on it, but that was about it. You know what Obama would do is when a family would come over the border illegally, 
they would take that family, they would take the mother and the kids, and they would send them back, but they wouldn't deport back the dad. They would take the dad, put him on a plane, and fly him a thousand miles away down the border and then drop him in an unfamiliar area of Mexico with no communication. So dad, number one, you got to keep yourself alive, okay? Uh, And number two, good luck finding your family and mom and children crying, wondering where dad is, is even alive. You guys are now a thousand miles apart from each other. You have to try to find each other again. But the purpose of this was to create a disincentive to scare people from trying to bust into the United States illegally. Now, you could debate the morality of that. Is that too harsh or whatever? But can you imagine if Donald Trump had done something like this? That was the ATEP program of Barack Obama. So I I look at all the, quote, outrage that the left and the media leveled at Donald Trump with his immigration policies, and I see it as a bunch of fake, phony outrage. If they're outraged with anybody, yeah. they ought to be outraged with the ATEP program on one extreme, and then the Biden program on the opposite extreme of enticing people into danger. So, uh, hey, Bob, but, I, I know we're coming to the bottom just real yeah. quick. From 20, 2014, Barack Obama said, quote, do not send your children to the borders. If they do make it, they'll be sent back. More importantly, they may not make it. That was yeah. what President Absolutely. Obama was saying in 2014. Yeah, and you know something? That's what they ought to be demanding that Joe Biden say right now. But, uh, of course, Trump was the evil guy, orange man bad for four years. All right, the second half of this podcast, folks, we're going to get into some of the specific policies themselves. And what is the answer then for the border crisis? How do we go forward with this? Uh, We're going to continue with John and Roger and Neil and myself, Bob Duco, in the second half. Now, if you want to listen to the second half, you got to do it online, everybody. Uh, You got to listen to the podcast online. You can go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. That's CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Or, of course, you can listen at Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, and more. We'd love it if you give us a nice five-star review as well. So uh, CrawfordMediaGroup.net will continue the second half of this National Crawford Roundtable next. This has been a Crawford Broadcasting production. Continuing the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with myself, Bob Duco, out of Detroit, with Neil Boron of Neil Boron Live from Buffalo, New York, with Roger Marsh of The Bottom Line from the People's Republic of California, John Rush digging himself out of the snow, uh, Rush to Reason from Denver, Colorado, and we're talking in this podcast about the uh, humanitarian crisis on the border. Let's go through some of the specific policy issues here, guys, if we could. Uh, John, let me start with you. The, the, um, uh, the remain in Mexico policy. I, I think about what Trump did here and what he deserves so much credit for and he didn't get credit for. Let me, For the sake of our audience, let me just remind everybody here. Uh, the Obama administration would also separate children. That's a dirty secret the press doesn't want you to know because when people come over here illegally, Uh, If you can house them, then great. But when the housing is full and there's not enough beds, what the Obama administration would do is, in some cases, they would catch and release into the United States, but also in some cases, they'd put mom or dad in a detention cell and they'd take the kids and they'd put them in a separate place, a quote-unquote cage, if you will, or some kind of facility preparing them for either family in the United States or a foster home. That's what they would do. And uh, during that time, Oh, Trump comes into office 
And Trump does the same thing, but he says we're going to end catch and release. So that increases the amount of time the children are having to be separated from their parents while they're being detained. Uh, so he did it more than Obama did, but Obama still did it. The media went crazy. Democrats went crazy. Oh, this is so evil. This is so cruel. So what does Trump do? He thinks outside the box. He goes to Mexico and he negotiates with Mexico and gets them to agree to, A, bring thousands of their troops on the border on their side to try to secure the border as well. But then, B, let asylum seekers, let them stay in Mexico. You take care of them while we adjudicate their case here. Uh, that, to me, was a smart way of thinking outside the box. Joe Biden gets in office as I'm ending this uh, remain in Mexico policy. Personally, I, I think that this is another devastating problem here. We had Mexico doing this work for us, and now suddenly we're not going to have them doing it anymore. So I, I, I think the remain in Mexico policy needs to be reinstated, but uh, I'd love your take on this, John. No, I, I think you're exactly right. And, and, and by the way, the out-of-the-box thinking and the things that you just mentioned a moment ago about Trump, those are the things, frankly, that we need you know, coming out of the White House and coming out of Congress. And the reality is nobody thinks out of the box and why we don't get a bunch of, you know, uh, by the way, unbiased business owners, because that's, again, as I said earlier, there's a lot of business owners out there that I think take a completely different look at this than what even we're talking about, because they're looking at it as a, as a wallet, not as a humanitarian crisis that we've been talking about throughout the podcast today. So the reality is, yes, Bob, we really need to think of this outside of the box and really figure out ways to make this work. And I will tell you from you know, knowing individuals that have ministered and lived in Guatemala and countries like that, that their perception of our immigration policies and what it takes to come to the United States of America is far different from what the average American thinks. And, and guys, this is a story we could go on for literally for hours on because yes, we need a complete revamp. Did Donald Trump make some really good inroads in this? I think he did, but did he have all of the pieces figured out? Absolutely not because again, one of the things that we do in this country that I am 1000% against is we still allow employers to employ illegal aliens on a daily basis with really no consequences when found out they're doing so. Yeah, that's a very, very good point. Uh, Roger, what do you think? I mean, what what... Your thoughts on some of these specific policies, I mentioned the Remain in Mexico policy. There's obviously other ones as well. But to me, the best thing we can do is create a disincentive for people trying to make the trek to come here uh, into this country and that we ought to get Mexico working for us as much as possible in this. They're the ones turning a blind eye, allowing these coyotes to make the long caravan trips up through their country, knowing full well they're going to get into the United States. I think Trump was right to put pressure on Mexico. Absolutely, especially when you see how inconsistent Mexico is when it comes to people immigrating into that country. Uh, Neil's point about Canada really doing a good job with the northern border and uh, and making it virtually impossible for uh, Canadians to make it into the U.S. in the same fashion that uh, people from Central America make it in. And, and John, I need to correct you here. This is from the White House official policy on uh, immigration. You said illegal aliens. I believe the term now is, uh, let's see, irregular migrants. Yes, yeah, sorry. Uh, there's an sorry. irregular migration here. <laughs> I mean, we can't stop we the can't hate, John. Stop exactly. the hate, John. <laughs> we just want to make sorry, sure. Sorry. We well, no, I, 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 I say that somewhat tongue in cheek because that's literally the official policy. If you go to WhiteHouse.gov and you see what the, you know, the Biden Harris administration. By the way, was it ever the Trump Pence administration? It was always the Trump administration. This group is being called the Biden Harris administration, and getting Mexico with some skin in the game. I mean, it has to be. Even NBC News is calling out the president.
president. Over the weekend, they ran an op-ed piece that says Biden immigration policies cause a predictable border crisis. Why didn't he plan for it? I mean, they just literally outlined, this is NBC for crying out loud, calling out the president and saying, look, you started this. I mean, basically what you've got going on here, you've got a legal immigration system that works and then you campaigned on easing up on the laws and making it easier for a pathway to for asylum and then citizenship, et cetera, et cetera. And oh, by the way, there's lots of money and John and I have the same pet peeve. I mean, quite frankly, you can come into the People's Republic of California from anywhere in Central America and there's just, there literally is all sorts of opportunity for you with the disincentive incentive to become an actual citizen. Naturalized citizens coming across the border here down about 50% from 2007 to the last numbers that we have 2018. There's no incentive to come to the U.S. and have a better right. life and become a naturalized citizen anymore. Right. And I think that, that therein lies the rub, first and foremost. Right. If you're going to just have the welcome mat open with you know boatloads of cash and Mr. Monopoly holding up the bags on the other side saying, come on in. I don't want to trivialize this because there are people who are risking their lives and spending their life savings and getting sold into human trafficking on the other side of the border but in all honesty i mean bob your, your point is well taken the, yeah. the trump's mexico policy made sense stay in mexico for biden just to reverse it simply because it energizes his base because he's undoing all the damage that the orange man bad did for the last four years it's it's foolish yeah real really i want to jump in real quick i think you, what you said something a moment ago that i think is just so key and to me, guys, we're talking about, Bob, you mentioned earlier, and, and all of you, Neil and, and, and Roger as well, about you know the humanitarian side of this and what we as Christians should be doing and how we should think of this. And, and guys, I want to go one step further. And Roger, I'm sure that you can attest to this as well as I. As Christians, we really need to be careful and quit being so darn cheap when it comes to some of the things that we want done. Because you know what? As Christians... If you're actually patronizing some of those businesses that you know are employing mm -hmm. illegal mm -hmm. aliens, whether it's for yard work, painting, whatever it happens to be, if you're one of those that are actually handing over the cash, you're as much a part of the problem as Joe Biden Amen. is. Amen. And yeah. I can give you an Agreed. example, John, from our own household here. I mean, I'll, I'll call us all out here. Lisa and I both work full time and we're pretty busy people on the go constantly. We don't always have time to make sure the house is clean. So we decided we were going to look into a service that would provide once a month coming in and doing what we would call a deep clean. And as we started interviewing these people, you know, who were coming in, they were all, you know, advertising, you know, we're bonded, we're licensed, et cetera, et cetera. We started asking questions like, can we see a proof of insurance? Can we see your actual, you know, licensing number? I mean, there are places where you can get certified to provide in-home house cleaning services. We went through five different agencies that went even so far as to give us a quote. And then all of a sudden, the minute we asked for any kind of documentation, they disappeared. And I thought, well, it's frustrating because it means we have to do all the cleaning on the weekend. <laughs> oh, woe is us. But uh, to that point, we want to support local businesses. And if, if this is where you know, predominantly they're coming from, almost every single one of these companies were run by people who had, were Hispanic, who were running these companies. You know, they had vans, they had logos, they had advertising, the whole shot. But when you start asking for the important stuff, like are you operating your business legally? We want to support legally run businesses. We want to support people who are naturalized citizens. We want to, you know, that's how the process works. And if this is your entry to build it, good for you for having a business. We want to support that. But as Christians, I don't think it's wise, and uh, to John, to your point, to say, well, everybody else does it, and we'll just turn a blind eye too, and hey, I'm getting a great deal, pay you all in cash and whatever. Let, let's keep it all above board. I think that honor, it dishonors God when we don't do it that way. Absolutely. Neil, what's your take on what they're saying and i know we got to go into a break too yeah well i'll just let their comments stand because they're comments that are well taken and i don't disagree with them at all i i um i just want to add you know again 
maybe tongue-in-cheek, maybe not, but I suggest that conservative Republicans and Bible-believing Christians put out the call for people all over the world to come who are, are born-again Christians, you know, come through the southern border and uh, and get here in time for the next election, really, because uh, why would they be stopped? Uh, if, if, if people don't think that this isn't part of a get-out-the-vote effort for their Democrats in 2024, I think they're sadly mistaken. You, you have to look at this whole thing. None of it, none of it really makes sense at all. The, the, the system is tremendously broken. It needs to be fixed. But if we're just going to open the doors and say, come on in, and there's going to be sanctuary cities and sanctuary states, and we're just going to take care of you, then let's just open up all the red states and say, hey, Bible-believing Christians from mainland China and Muslim countries in the Middle East, uh, send your tired, your poor Bible-believing Christians because, you know, uh, Mike Pence will be running for president in 2024. I'm making this up, of course. And, um, and we could use your vote. You know, let's get five million of you in here before the next election. I, I don't think that we're that far off as to understanding the reasons be, behind why we're seeing what we're seeing right now from this administration. That's very true, very true. Uh, well, and I'll tell you what, I, there are some other policies here that I want us to uh, to address. And, you know, let me, because I know, uh, again, we do need to go into a break here. And, and John, let me ask you, what are some other things? Because you, you brought up a very important point about the uh, employers not creating that kind of incentive as well. What are some other changes that uh, maybe you think, as we go into this next break, that, that you think uh, we need to be focusing on and that maybe the Republicans ought to be pushing since we know we're not going to get it out of the sure. Democrats? Sure. No, and let's do that. We'll take a quick break. You're listening to the National Crawford Roundtable. Learn how to walk the narrow path with Steve Gregg. With over 40 years of studying the Bible, Steve Gregg is passionate about teaching you how to apply scriptural wisdom to every aspect of your life. Listen to The Narrow Path on your local Crawford Broadcasting Station or online at thenarrowpath.com. The Narrow Path is 100% listener supported. Please keep this vital ministry going with your generous financial support and let them know you heard about The Narrow Path on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. We're back, National Crawford Roundtable. Myself, Bob Duco, Neil Boron, Roger Marsh, and, and Bob. Again, this is a topic that we could literally spend multiple podcasts on. And I by no means, I want everybody to understand this, I'm by no means an immigration expert. I think I do, you know, have a particular viewpoint from the business side that maybe a lot of folks don't have because I'm, I'm actually, I mean, I own, and I own a business that's very much in the world of hiring illegal immigrants to actually get work done. You know, snow removal, landscaping, all those types of services. And a lot of my competitors, by the way, they have no problem doing the things that we're talking about. So first things first, Bob, we talked a little bit about it, but we've got to have some sort of, of punishment, if you would, for businesses that knowingly, knowingly hire illegal aliens. On the same token, we need to make the process of becoming a U.S. citizen, in my opinion, that needs a complete, total revamp. I've got friends, folks that I've known for years that have come from either the, the southern end of the continent or they've come from overseas or they've come from Canada. And I will tell you that it is one of the most arduous processes. Not saying that it shouldn't be, but it takes years and years mm -hmm. and in some cases money to hire the right attorneys and the right people to help you get through all of the processes that it takes to be a U.S. citizen. And, and I'm one that says that needs a complete revamp 
And the message then, once we do the revamp, needs to be sent to the rest of the world. We're taking immigration seriously. It's not just an open door. We don't believe in just having open borders and having a free-for-all. We want to do it correctly. We want you to do it correctly. And I love the one thing about Donald Trump, and we didn't get this done, and I wish we had. I think we need a merit-based immigration system. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I'll tell you what, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more with that. And that's, of course, played by the left to be so mean-spirited and cold-hearted and we're not welcoming people in need or whatever like that. But it's like, no, wait a minute here. We do have a responsibility here in America to make sure that people coming into this country, uh, that they benefit the country and that they're not a drain on this country. And the fact is, everybody else around the world thinks that same way too. Why should we not here in the United States? It's not cruel. It's just accepting the fact that we have a responsibility to our own citizens here as well. Uh, I'm curious, Neil, what do you think about the, the as Roger's saying here, the merit-based system? The left says that that's so cruel and mean-spirited, but I don't see it that way at all. We're still opening the doors to people that can make a better life in this country. But we want people that are going to uh, benefit the people of the United States, not be a drain. Yeah, well, that's why everyone coming in needs to be vetted, and there is a process. Yeah. And we, there's nobody on this side of the equation, you know, the way we're talking about today, that's against legal immigration. It's just that we're against illegal immigration and all the problems that it creates. Um, it isn't. It, there's a whole other side of this we haven't talked about, but, I mean, the, the idea of our own law enforcement officials being handcuffed, essentially. The handcuffs aren't, aren't on criminals who are crossing the border. And by the way, all these people aren't criminals. Some of them are just families seeking love and assistance and hope or wanting to get reunited with family members who are here in the U.S. I get that. But some of them have ill intent. Some of them are coming here to create problems. Some of them are coming here because uh, crime pays better in the U.S. than it does in other parts of the world. And those people need to be vetted out of the system. Uh, absolutely. We, we need to care for our own. This is an absolute, um, uh, you know, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Just, uh, it's in, we're not, yeah, whatever. I mean, the bottom line is we're, we're not taking care of our own people. We're, no, we're just absolutely, and, mm -hmm. and that in itself is criminal. Uh, right. These are elected officials that are uh, put into office to protect, to protect and serve. So let them do their Amen. job or not. Amen, right. Very good point. You know, Roger, I, uh, one of the things I wanted to throw out on the table, we touched on this briefly before. One of you guys, I can't remember who it was. It might have been you, Roger, that uh, made the comment about illegal alien. Oh, no, we can't say illegal alien. We can't say illegal immigrant. We got to, you know, get away from it. Wall Street Journal now is telling their reporters, you're not allowed to use the term illegal immigrant. You can say illegal immigration, but you can't say illegal immigrant. You know, the Democratic Party used to support immigration control. They used to support, it wasn't considered controversial, Roger, for us to want strong borders and to say illegal immigration is wrong. And what I'd like to do, if you guys will just indulge me for just a, a couple of minutes here, I want to read to you some quotes. See if you can guess who this is. All right. I'll give you a hint. It's not Donald Trump. Uh, for example, quote, we simply cannot allow people to pour into the United States undetected, undocumented, unchecked, and circumventing the line of people who are waiting patiently, diligently, lawfully to become immigrants of this country. Right? Who said that? It wasn't Donald Trump. That was Barack Obama. That's right. Uh, here's another quote. See if we can figure out who this is. It's not Trump. Quote, 
We are a nation of immigrants, but we're also a nation of laws. Undocumented workers broke our immigration laws, and I believe they must be held accountable. If you plan to enter the U.S. illegally, your chances of getting caught and sent back just went up. We expect people who live in this country to play by the rules. We expect that those who cut in line will not be unfairly rewarded. All right? That was, again, Barack Obama addressing the nation as president in 2014. I got just a couple more quotes here. See if everybody can figure out who this is. All Americans not only in states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country are rightly disturbed by the large number of illegal aliens entering our country. The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. We are a nation of immigrants, but we're also a nation of laws. It is wrong and ultimately self-defeating for a nation of immigrants to permit this kind of abuse of our immigration laws we have seen, and we must do more to stop it. That was Bill Clinton, 1995 State of the Union Address. And by the way, he got a standing ovation after he said that, not just from the Republicans, but the Democrats in the chamber as well. One more quote. Illegal immigration is wrong, plain and simple. When we use phrases like undocumented workers, we convey a message to the American people that their government is not serious about combating illegal immigration, which the American people overwhelmingly oppose. If you don't think it's illegal, you're not going to say it. Well, I think it is illegal and wrong, and we have to change it. People who enter the United States without our permission are illegal aliens, and illegal aliens should not be treated the same as people who enter the U.S. legally. Uh, Nope, that wasn't a Donald Trump tweet. That was Chuck Schumer when Barack Obama was president. Uh, Chuck Schumer, then Senate Minority Leader, now Senate Majority Leader. Uh, Roger, I know it was a long time to indulge here, and and I know we got to go into a break here as well, but I'd love to get your take on the the shifting attitudes now of the Democrats and the media when Republicans say these exact same things, they're demonized as xenophobes, but this is what the Democratic Party used to say in support with no controversy, including financing the building of a wall. You know, Bob, I th- those quotes are, are fascinating, and I was playing the game, is it Bill Clinton, is it Barack Obama, you know, who exactly said those, because uh-huh. those videos have been surfacing around for a while now, and, and people pay attention to them. Why don't we take a break, and when we come back on the other side of this break, I, I'm going to throw a, a, a wild card into all this that I think might right. actually help provide a little bit of clarity. Uh, you're listening to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast. Be transformed by the Word of God with Alistair Begg and Truth for Life. Every weekday, Alistair Begg teaches the Bible through in-depth, verse-by-verse attention to the Word of God. You can listen to Truth For Life on your local Crawford Broadcasting Station or listen online at truthforlife.org. Please support this important ministry with your donations at the truthfullife.org website or by calling 888-588-7884 and be sure to let them know you heard about Truth For Life from the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast. Continuing now with the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast along with Neil Boron, Bob Duco, and John Rush. I'm Roger Marsh and we're talking all things immigration, the crisis at the border, of course, the 
rapidly rising number of minors who are coming there, unaccompanied children. Uh, the whole cage issue has come up once again. And it really just kind of boils down to two things. First and foremost, we were having a kind of a tongue-in-cheek moment. John and I were a few moments ago about the uh, irregular uh, migration or whatever the new term is that they're using at the White House for, you can't say undocumented workers, you got, can't say illegal aliens. But it really boils down to something else that I think is, on a much larger scale, th something that could be way more damaging. And I think it's the fact that, Bob, as you shared that Chuck Schumer quote especially, and, and, and asked the rhetorical question, why was it okay for Chuck Schumer to talk like that during Barack Obama's administration, but then when Donald Trump was president, we have this massive crisis, and now there's no crisis, there are no kids in cages, you know, none of that issue. Right. And it really kind of boils down to the fact that th there's this kind of blind allegiance, it seems like, with progressives and liberals of the Democrat Party. In other words, their leaders can say whatever they want to, and they'll just take it hook, line, and sinker without doing any sort of due diligence, without doing any sort of fact-finding or uh, you know digging deeper to go what's going on. I mean, we're taking a good hour here to unpack this and find out what the root causes are, how we as Christians can you know, have a better response to this. I mean, the idea of, of the, you know, you, you'll see a lot of the Christian left show up and say, yeah, but, you know, the Bible says, you know, care for the sojourner and the stranger and you know, the, 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 the foreigner among you without looking at the actual context of what that means. They're basically, in Scripture, it says, look, we're supposed to make sure that the legal immigrant who comes into our country, even though they're not a citizen, is still welcome. You know, I mean, part of the way you love somebody and show the love of Christ is to say, Oh, you just got here from uh, Nicaragua. Great, great. Let us show you how to become a legal immigrant. Here's the line. Here's the paperwork. Here's the process you go through. Not, you know, just kind of let people wander in here and uh, just kind of wander around the way it seems to be. I mean, it's amazing how much documentation you have to have on your person to be an undocumented immigrant in this country. And I don't understand why the Democrat Party especially seems to be okay with that. All we're asking for is a little bit of documentation and a little bit of direction for the people who want to come here so they could be like the other million plus people who immigrate here legally from Central America every year. Yeah. Seems like they've hey figured out though. Democrats have figured out that this is a new voting block for them 10 years yeah. from oh, now. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's votes for Democrats, it's workers for Republicans. So that's why no one wants to fix the system. Yeah, Neil. Hey, uh, I, as long as we're playing the Who Said It game, i got two more for you. <laughs> okay. Uh, here's one. Uh, we have to send a clear message just because your child gets across the border that doesn't mean the child gets to stay. So we don't want to send a message that is contrary to our laws or will encourage more children to make that dangerous journey. Any, any clues? Mm. That, was, mm. that, was, that was Hillary Clinton. All right. And, and this Ooh. next one, you're going to love this one. Those who are pondering risking their lives to reach the United States should be aware of what, what awaits them. It will not be open arms. It will not be come on in. It'll be we're going to hold hearings with our judges consistent with international law and American law, and we're going to send the vast majority of you back who said that. Well, that was uh, mm. our president, Joe Biden, when he was vice yeah. president was in 1984. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Amazing, huh? Yep. Doesn't that figure? <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, oh, I know, I know. Uh, it, it does, by the way, I don't know if any of you guys saw this, but uh, Campus Reform did a, a really funny piece recently where uh, one of the guys was on some college campus and uh, was showing them pictures of facilities, you know, cages, if you will, that... Uh, the, the unaccompanied minors are being kept in and told them, hey, th th this is the stuff that Trump was keeping children in. What do you think about this? And you see all these college kids, like, that's terrible. That's horrible. That's the reason why. I... And then afterward, it's like, 
oh, by the way, just so you know, I lied to you. These are actually Joe Biden's. Okay, this is what he's activated. This is what he's keeping kids in right now. What do you think about that? So it's, I mean, I'm telling you, you know, it it really is amazing the amount of misinformation that's uh, that's out there as far as the uh, the press goes. So what is, I know we're kind of winding down this this podcast, but let's kind of go around the table for some final thoughts. John, what is the answer here? What, 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 if you were advising Washington, what would you like to see the Republicans do? I know a big one as a business owner, of course, is yes, let's crack down on businesses and require them to stop creating the incentive. I could not agree with you more. Uh, what are some answers there? What should the Republicans be hammering? Get, get them involved and let's establish a merit-based immigration system that actually benefits the country. And by the way, I am not anti-immigration. I want everybody out there to understand, I am not anti-immigration at all. In fact, because of our low birth rate in the United States of America right now, which by the way, Christians, you should be having more babies. That's a whole other conversation for maybe another podcast, guys, down the road. And the fact that why aren't we having you know, more children and not encouraging even Christians to have more children. But at any rate, if we don't have immigration in this country, guys, economically speaking, we can't survive because of our low birth rate right now. So I am one that says we need immigration, but it needs to be correct. It needs to be merit-based and we need to handle it correctly so we don't just have a flood of illegal immigrants that basically are a burden upon our system, not a benefit to our system. Absolutely. Uh, let's go around the table one last time here. Roger, your final thought on this. I am pro-legal immigration. I love legal immigration. My great-grandfather immigrated from Scotland back in the turn of the 20th century, and it set the course for our family. I absolutely love legal immigration. This is the greatest country in the history of the world, bar none. Right. We, we've made warts and all, uh, in spite of the fact that you know we've, slavery and other things that have, have kind of tinged the nation, it's still a great place to be. If it were not a great place to be, people would not want to come here legally. I mean, so the illegal stuff is just a you know a breakdown in communication. We have to enforce proper ethical border control, and we have to get some kind of semblance of order when it comes to immigration reform. And, and the fact that both parties have had leadership, have had majorities, have had uh, people in power to actually pull the trigger on this and haven't got it done, I think is a black eye on all of America, not just on one party. Yeah, absolutely. Neil? Well, um, because it's a... Uh an issue that affects all of us, it certainly is an issue that affects the church. And I, as I said before, I believe we need to pray and um, pray for wisdom about how to deal with this, uh, how to get our elected officials to enforce the laws that we already have on the books, that they would have wisdom to you know, figure out uh, what needs to happen in terms of uh, ref- reforming the system, because obviously it's broken, it needs some help. Um, and these are real human beings we're talking about. Many of them are just seeking a better life, and we need to have compassion on them. Uh, so we need wisdom about all of that. But at the same time, you know, I, I don't think that we're going to have many elected officials in Washington, you know, speaking on behalf of legal immigration anymore. It doesn't seem to be the buzzword these days, obviously. Um, and the mainstream media is not going to be in our court. So I think that every person who loves America, loves the Lord, who loves these people, needs to be talking to family members, friends, coworkers, neighbors, anybody to help tell the story of why this needs to get fixed the right way. Because um, I think Cal Thomas is the one who said, we'd better decide what country we want to be or we'll become a country others want us to be. You know, and that's kind of a scary proposition. Ultimately, I think we need to take responsibility for this ourselves because I don't think that we're really going to get it out of our current administration or the people that are serving us in Washington. 
Yeah, so true, so true. Well, uh, folks, it's another National Crawford Roundtable podcast. We always appreciate you folks listening, tuning in. Again, you can listen online as well as listening to archived episodes at crawfordmediagroup.net. That's crawfordmediagroup.net. We'd love it also if you would click on the compassion link and sponsor a child uh, while you're there, okay, for $38 a month. You can also listen to us at Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, and more. We welcome any five-star reviews that you folks want to give us. Uh, And Roger Marsh of The Bottom Line from the People's Republic of California, Neil Boron of Neil Boron Live, Buffalo, New York, John Rush, Rush to Reason, digging himself out of Denver, Colorado, myself, Bob Duco, out of Detroit. Guys, always great catching up with you. Thank you so much. And uh, if you know what, have a great week next week. Don't trash me too much behind your back because I know I'm not going to be here next week. So... Uh, we'll be you know, prepping all week long, Bob. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Never, fear. Never fear. Never uh, fear. That's right. That's right. So I'll see you in a couple of weeks, and everybody else, uh, you'll enjoy the guys next week. Uh, thanks, guys. We'll see you. Bye-bye. All right, we'll see you. Thanks for listening, everybody. God bless. You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens, brought to you by Compassion International, a worldwide ministry bringing hope and Jesus to children in need. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Compassion logo to sponsor a child. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more, and it's also available at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. You can give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app, and be sure to look for the notification on your National Crawford Roundtable podcast app for when the next weekly edition is ready for you to hear. This has been a Crawford Media Group production.